Kirsten, 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 Kirsten. Yes. You know how I'm old. there's that language book on your shelf that you've never opened for a language that you've never yet studied, <laughs> but yet, yeah, you speak that language because it's on your shelf. Yep, yep. Entering the gym and sitting on your phone and not doing gym is exactly that. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and on this show we talk about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com and we're back from episode 100 so shout out to everyone who joined us live it was amazing we had a wonderful time the chat room was on fire plus the five guests were amazing we had a quiz we had everything you could possibly want if you are interested and you missed it and you want to just listen back and enjoy all the atmosphere listen to our guests Richard Simcott Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, Kylie Sturgis, Gabriel Weiner, whoop, 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 name, 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 name. It was amazing. Go to episode 100. I've also had a question in the chat room about bilingual episode. There was a suggestion that maybe we could do a bilingual episode in French. And I just want to make you aware, in case you missed it, that we do have two bilingual episodes in the Fluent Show archives and they are the episode with Judith Meyer, famous polyglot and author of Script Hacking, brand new books, very, very beautiful. And that episode is half in German, half in English. And there's another episode with Géraldine Lepère from Commune Française where we spoke half English and half French. So those are in the show notes and today's show notes are at Fluent dot show slash 103 more about those in a minute now if you're wondering why you can't hear Lindsay when this is a Lindsay episode don't worry we're about to switch straight into the conversation I accidentally <laughs> cut off a few seconds of the conversation so where we're going to pick up is going to be right in the middle of where we're chatting about our wonderful sponsor and what Lindsay gets up to at the gym it's because i'm doing all this training at the minute and i hate the gym i hate going to the gym i would never ever get a gym membership it's horrible but anyway we've got these day passes that we're using weekly and i was in i was sat on the little bike because there's nothing better than exercise where you can sit down right i'm sat on the little bike <laughs> and i'm doing my clothes master and i thought you know what i'm gonna do some new courses so i signed up to a whole new bunch of courses that i'm now focusing on instead and i've done because they're so quick i did like I think 11, 10 or 11 different languages today already. And I've done a little session of each one, not even with effort, just like when I've had breaks from work, I've gone up to go and uh, make a cup of tea, that kind of thing. It's, it's done. Easy, quick. I love it. You do clothes master on an exercise bike? Only yesterday. <laughs> do you remember Boring. that episode? We There's nothing to do in a gym. There is, no, you're right. There is very little to do at the gym. I don't know. I go on the treadmill, which means there is nothing else I can do. I just have to like be there. I guess I guess I could listen to something, but I don't listen to language stuff. I listen to like Zumba music or, or various sort of like slay it kind of Spotify playlists. 
um, and just hope it ends. I would recommend it if you do go to the gym, do mm-hmm. a sit down thing where your hands are free and then yeah. you can close master. That's right. Ensemble. Close master safely, listeners. Please close master safely. (laughs) Master your closes (laughs) on the treadmill or no, no, not the treadmill on this, on the bike thing or what else is there that you could do where you just sit? Um, Hmm. Maybe there's not that many. There's the thing where you sit and you put your legs up against the flat panel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really good at that one. Yeah. The really good at that one. Squat machine. You could just like hog the machine for ages and just. Do, 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 power through your words at the same time. Oh, I like it. I like it. Is that what people are doing when, because I go on to the gym and I always just stare at everybody just being on their phones. They, they all seem to just sit on the weight machine, not do the weight <gasps> thing, and then just like text. It's just like when people do the selfie, selfie in the gym thing. Casting, 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 casting. Yes. You know how I'm old. there's that language book on your shelf? that you've never opened for a language that you've never yet studied, <laughs> but yet, yeah, you speak that language because it's on your shelf. Yep, yep. Entering the gym and sitting on your phone and not doing gym is exactly that. <laughs> exactly the same. But why wouldn't you do that in bed? Why do you go to the, oh, oh, it's, why, it's exactly like, why would you buy the language book? You bought it because yeah. there is some kind of intention. Mm. Well, If you happen to be, listener, in the gym right now or planning perhaps to avoid the gym, we have the top recommendation for you. You can look super duper cool by going to the gym and then doing Clothes Master. And if you've got no idea what we're talking about, let me tell you how Clothes Master works. It's a language learning app and it is, I think, one of the simplest, most multilingual ones that we've we've seen and most certainly we've ever had, like we've ever talked about on the show. Clothes Master is fun, it's addictive and it costs nothing. You will see a sentence in your target language when you do Close Master. Something's missing. That's the close exercise. It's fill in the gap. So your challenge is to fill in that gap correctly from high frequency word lists so that you actually use the words that you're going to need. They are usually brought in sentences from Tatuiba, which neither of us can pronounce, can we? No. No, (laughs) (laughs) and best of all, it's available in over 50 languages. And that's why Lindsay can just like rock through 11 languages all at once. It works on your iPhone. It works on your Android. It works on your iPad. It works on whatever you want to bring to the gym. It probably works on that little stupid screen that your running machine has got built into it. Why not give it a go? And in order to give it a go and support the Fluent Show, please go to Close Master, that's spelled with a Z, C-L-O-Z-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot com slash Fluent Show, where you will find a bonus video with Closemaster tips. And I've done a little guided tour, sort of a walkthrough of how I like to set my settings and, I don't know, close my masters, master my closes. And a special voucher should you decide to try out their awesome pro membership. And that's it. Go to Closemaster.com slash Fluent Show. We say thank you to you in advance if you do decide to check it out and you'll have supported our show just that little, little bit. If you really love us, please give us a review as well on iTunes. <laughs> Might as well get it in there. So that's Closemaster, our sponsor. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Now, I wanted to have a quick Check in and ask how your language learning is going now that you are set back up back in the UK, Lindsay Williams. Mm. Good, actually. Mm-hmm. 
I I would say this week is is the first time that I can honestly say since I've been home, in fact, like in the last year, where I would say, yeah, my language learning is good, going really well. I'm very happy. So I got a new routine. I do I do my little hour. I got my little hour back in the morning. Mm. I do 20 minutes Guarani, 20 minutes Korean, 20 minutes of another language. And there's 10 languages that I figured that I've studied in the past. Some I'm pretty good at, some I'm not so good at. But if I have that 20 minutes and it would work out then like every weekday over two weeks, that's like I'd get one in every two weeks. Does that make sense? If I rotate the 10 languages mm-hmm. over a two-week cycle. Um, and it doesn't sound like much. But it's just that little bit of contact that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And it's making me feel really good. So you switch around during your, during your morning already? You switch? No, no. So I have like, what? so say like Monday, I have 20 minutes French, Tuesday, 20 minutes Spanish, Wednesday, 20 minutes Dutch, mm-hmm. and then et cetera, et cetera. And then the next week there's like, so I go through the cycle of the 10 languages that I've previously studied. Um, and then I go back to the beginning. I haven't got that far into my little routine yet. <laughs> I'm still in like the first sort of couple of weeks of this. So, but yeah, it's good fun. I like it a lot. Yeah. And we know Lindsay loves a routine. So hopefully it's all going to, it's all going to work out for you and run according to plan. Yeah. So How you, about you? Um, Not much with the Chinese recently. Not much with the Spanish, really. Let me think. No. Um... Mm, I just, I've just been, I've been back to Welsh. I've been back to Welsh, focused on Welsh. I've just had today um, an hour-ish, an hour-ish sort of language, not language exchange, just conversation practice. So I just, mm. um, I, I speak to Nikki from Learn Welsh with Nikki, who is very generous with his his time and his Welsh skills, and he is he's incredible because he really does just switch. You know, like it's a foreign language for him, and he's uh, not foreign because he is Welsh, so it's a I don't know what you call that. It, it's not a language that he he was proficient in, but now he's just very like natural, and it's just a great story as well. So Bye. I can I can certainly have him talk at me <laughs> at length, <laughs> and I can reply. Um, it's it's getting ever better. But the best thing is, I went to the I went to the nationalist effort this year. Last yes. year, last year I missed it because I was moving to Canterbury that week. And man, am I so happy I went. It was so much fun. It's so wonderful. Oh, what an event. What a and it was so well organized this year in Cardiff. So it was slightly different. Normally it's like a big, big thing in a field, like a like a sort of like a music festival, but with not like cool bands, but instead like I don't know, kids doing tuba competitions and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this weird thing called Hlevari, which is I've never seen this before, and it's because I I volunteered again this year. So hang on, let me let me finish thought one. So it was in Cardiff. It was slightly different because it wasn't in a field. They actually did it in the city, and the main what mm. they called a pavilion, the main stage, was the main theatre inside the Wales Millennium Centre, which is this you know this beautiful, yeah. stunning building the, the with the stadium. Big, uh, it's not the, it's not the Millennium Stadium. The Millennium Center is the big one. It's like a cultural center with theaters okay. inside. It's this. It's like a building when you you know if you googled Cardiff, you could see this beautiful building with um, big tall it, letters on it. Was it built in the year two thousand by any chance? I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes. 
either way, that's where it was. So it was a slightly different type of event, a slightly different kind of um, mice, which is what they call the main festival site. But I thought it was, I thought it was extremely enjoyable, really nice. And you know, and then there's like poetry competitions and political discussions, and then in the next building, someone's doing like a ukulele orchestra concert, and then in the evening, there's just normal bands on, like it's an actual festival. It's just, and then there's a folk tent and, and a cinema tent. And I just love the, the variety that it all has to offer. And it's just like, here is the variety of stuff that we have in the Welsh culture. Do you know what this sounds like? Awesome. It, that. <laughs> it, it sounds like a real motivation finder. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if you mm -hmm. were sort of thinking like, oh, do I keep going? Or, you know, and then you went to something like that. Boof. Wow. Amazing. True. True. Amazing. I would say, I would, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It was, it was for me that as well. I mean, I was extremely, I think I was extremely motivated before because I, I feel very motivated by getting better. And I'm now sort of in that intermediate stage where I, I mean, it's not like I'm getting, I'm making massive progress instantly, but I'm just really feeling like I've got something to get stuck into, mm. you know? Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm motivated by like all the substance that is already there. And it just makes me want to like keep going. So I'm, I kind of came there, but it was, it's just so special to, because even though this is a unofficial language of the country where I live, I never hear it spoken. I never get the chance to speak it. I have to speak it on the internet. And this is different because this is where it lives. Yeah. In real life. Mm -hmm. So it was extremely, it was such a I'm wonderful very experience. Happy for you. Thank you. I'm very happy you got to to go yeah you know what's that. funny it's i did the german retreat a week before with all these german learners and i saw them working hard in their heads you know i saw the the exhaustion that you feel when you when you've just spoken for an hour i could see that yeah. in them but i didn't have i didn't read you know like and i know how that feels but i wasn't feeling it at the same time and then a week later i'm like in wales trying to there you are puzzle my yeah. sentences and i thought god this is what i've just put all these people through <laughs> That's and cool. and they reported to me all this extra motivation so i was thinking wow this is you know this really works this really works it was it was amazing and you know you're right it's a massive motivation finder next year please come along yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, I can do some recording at the Stafford. Mm. Oh. Okay. Do you know what else is a could be a motivator, I guess. Okay. If you you know, if you if you're sort of thinking about a language and you're wondering, should I maybe I don't know, like is this is this a thing? Should I study this language? What else? And um <laughs> and and you start to think, well, but the grammar is so hard. And, and there's going to be so much, it's going to be so difficult and I'm going to make all these mistakes and oh my God, and then gender and, and agreement and all this nightmare. How about if your target language decided to just get easier? Okay. Like, be okay. Yeah. Like the French have just done, or actually, of course, it's not the French who have proposed this, but this is this news item that I saw yesterday and it is just amazing. <laughs> is that... There has been a suggestion to drop the French rule of grammar where if you're a, if you're not a French learner, please just like t t tune out because you, it's barely the way they've explained it in this article. I knew exactly what they were talking about, but reading the explanation, I suddenly got confused. Um, so it's it's quite hard. But basically, you know, when you say something like je l'ai mangé and then the l 
is an abbreviation of le, la, or le, depending on what you've eaten. Mm. Yeah, you're with me. And then yeah. if it's la, you have to put an extra e on le manger because it's feminine. Yeah. But if you don't have to do that if you say j'ai mangé la. Or j'ai mangé whatever. If j'ai mangé une orange. The, uh, an or une, une, I don't know what. A, a feminine thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, I was, I was reading the article for this and I don't think I even knew the rule that they're trying to get rid of. Oh, really? I don't think I even did no, that. If that rule had been, if they'd gotten rid of that rule when I was in school, I swear my grades in French would have been like two grades better. Because you never, like, so the example they give is, it, this is a BBC article. Mm -hmm. um, about, I'll put it in show notes. Yeah. It says, j'ai mangé des frites, right? Mm -hmm. I ate chips. Yeah. Mange being M-A-N-G with an E with an accent, right? A Q accent. But then if you say it the other way around, if you say the chips that I've eaten, which would be les frites que j'ai mangé, and then it's not just mange M-A-N-G E with an accent E-S. Sorry. Oh, I'm so confused. Yeah, because <laughs> frites are feminine. <sighs> so either way, right. there's some agreement I, thing. I, if the object stands before, oh, it's just bobbins, right? Yeah. And of course, you know, like it, it, they're not French people. It's two teachers from Belgium have put a proposal together, which is to which states the rule is overly complicated. It's inconsistent. The participle should just remain unchanged, regardless of the position of the object in the sentence, if used with the verb to have, because this agreement. Well, the agreement would then still happen if you conjugate with être, but just not with have. Right. What? See, this is, this is, because this is, yeah. Because when you use an être, the, the verb that's like être in the past, right? So if you say je suis allé, for example. Yeah. Then it agrees with the subject. Yeah. It doesn't matter even if you've got the sentence flipped around, like, you know, sort of the chips that I have eaten or whatever. It's. It just always agrees with the subject. So that's that's the rule that I learn at school is like oh. with etra, you have to change the endings of the past participle, but with avoir, yes. you don't. So ah, I didn't know. But with avoir, Does that make you, sense? You do. Right. I was in never this, like, this. Okay. Ah, uh -huh. Well, no. see, your school just didn't even teach that rule, which is probably which is probably just fair enough because now they're saying oh, this rule is so bobbins so that we might as well get time. rid of it. So ahead of <laughs> your time. Well, I knew this rule and I know like it's it's really caused me some headaches. So as I was reading this, I was like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I'm down. Like, get rid of it. Get rid of it. I don't need, nobody needs this rule. And um, and then obviously there's two, there's two schools of thought about it. Um, it's, you know, the, the rule is rubbish for learners and it is one of those that is... It's not just difficult for foreigners who are learning French. This is the argument as well that the um, teachers are bringing. It's 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 difficult for school children that are learning French as well. And we all know this. Like all of our native languages, I can certainly name lots of you know mistakes that Germans make in German. Um, that, mm. that and things in German that I find incredibly difficult. Like I struggle with the genitive case. I I don't use it in my spoken German because I'm I'm liable to probably murdering it. And, so, and you know, like in English, when we say like, mm -hmm. oh, if, if I were you, or we say like, oh, but if, if it was my car instead of the were, you mm. know, that sort of subjunctive element, we, yeah. we tend to just... And don't get me started on apostrophe S. Yeah, there's so many things that we just do. 
Exactly. With the, or don't do, rather, you know. And in some cases, maybe it's actually not the worst idea to say, do you know what? This is a rule that isn't really serving us. We always know what we mean. It it could be beneficial to actually simplify, to relax our grammar rules. And then there's obviously two sides. So one of these tweets is from um, Olivier Chatrin, and I don't know who it is, but I assume that he's he's a fancy man who, has, who knows about this. And he, he has, he's put it like this. Vouloir supprimer toutes les subtilités d'une langue, c'est un peu comme vouloir réser toutes les petites rues d'une vieille ville. So what he's saying, and I disagree with him. Oh, well, I, I mean... I, I agree with his comparison, but I think that sounds still sounds like a good idea. To want to suppress all of the subtleties of a language, it's a little bit like having an old city or an old, old town and then to just try and get rid of all of the little lanes. And it's difficult, right? Because on the one hand, I can see you want to preserve what your language is historically. On the other hand, you're trying to use it now. Right. You're not trying to use it 500 years ago. What's more important? What's more important? Because if we're using it now, then by its very nature, language will change. And if language has changed in this direction to ignore this rule, then maybe that's a sign that we yes. don't need to preserve that element of the grammar. I agree. Particular. I agree. And this is sort of like good old prescriptive versus descriptive <laughs> linguist <laughs> debate, really, is, you know, like if you're a prescriptive linguist you tend to say well this is the rule and this is what it should be and in order to, we, we need to respect this rule because that's respecting language whereas the descriptive approach is a little bit more like now we should look at how people are using it where people are struggling what people are making out of the language so it's the argument where you say no selfie is absolutely a german word because germans use the word selfie don't matter where it comes from mm. um and that's those two schools of thought tend to conflict a little bit. So it's a really interesting argument, but I did want to bring it into this podcast because I know a lot of people who are listening are French learners and maybe you're as excited as I am that potentially there's a literally, this is, this is literally just like an error source. Like it doesn't, it doesn't add anything. It's just a source for errors and people might get rid of it. I feel like this is a topic in itself though. <laughs> we should probably move on because <laughs> I could get really into this. True, I know, I know. We're going to get emails again. We're going to get emails again. So if you are on your commute, I hope your commute hasn't finished yet. And we are going to move on to the topic. Do you like the um, beautiful brush script sort of 1990s style um, very no, nice. notes I made us there? Very nice notes. Our main topic today <laughs> is... Um, is the question, or it's, it's sort of, what do you do when you don't reach the language goals or the study goals or the, the goals that you have set yourselves? If we don't reach our, so our souls, if we don't reach our goals, should we stop bothering with goals? Should we just, is it, is it time to give up? And even if we thought that maybe we've set some sensible goals, it's quite easy to overestimate, for example, how long a month is to, you know, to, I don't know, when I plan my month, I seem to I seem to actually put in work for five months regularly. And before you know it, you end up trying to summarize what you actually did. And then you draw a blank or you, you look back on your goals and you think, oh my God, clearly I'm an idiot. So this is very, very difficult. And it reminds me of this Gretchen Rubin quote, Gretchen Rubin from Happier and um, author of various books uh, that that she uses quite regularly. I think she calls it a, what is it? Truth of being a grown-up or something. 
the days are long, but the years are short. Do you know what she means? Yeah. Sometimes it just feels like, oh, this, 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 this yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to explain it. It makes perfect sense. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's really it's really easy to overestimate what you can do in a year and it's really easy to underestimate what you can do in a day, I think. Or maybe it's the other way. No, no, that's the way it's no, around. Other way around. <laughs> it, 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 I think it's always, to be honest, for me, it's always easy to overestimate myself. And the question really is like, Lindsay, do you ever get everything done that you aim to do? No, not always. But I think it's something that you get better at the more that you are setting yourself language goals and stuff. Does that make sense? You know, you kind of then begin to be more honest with yourself because you know yourself and you know what you can achieve in a week, a month, a year. Do you feel you learn more from failing to reach a goal or from um, hitting a goal? Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I think, I think that from when you fail to reach a goal, it's very easy not to learn from that at all. It's very easy to just kind of go, oh, well, hands in the air, singing A, or, well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, hands in the air and just be like, well, that's it, I'm done, right? But also, I think there's a much better way to handle that. And that mm -hmm. is to sort of think, okay, hang on, step back. Why haven't I done this? What's happened? Be completely honest with yourself and say, well, you know what? The time when I should have been learning, I was sat there on Instagram or the time that I set aside to be there didn't happen because I was doing something else. And that's always going to be the case. So maybe, you know, reassess. Maybe I need to change the time I'm doing it. Maybe I need to not study with my phone so I'm not distracted to go on Instagram or whatever, right? You know, so you're kind of using it to reassess and then to like make your future goals better mm -hmm. so you can achieve them. So there's two ways that can go. But then when you succeed, I think that you learn in the sense of like, you, you have that feeling of, you have that feeling of success, right? When you succeed at a goal or something that you want to do. So then you, then that almost like urges you to want to do more and to succeed more to get that feeling again. Mm -hmm. When you learn, when you, when you achieve a goal and you sort of, you know, everything works out. It's a more subtle way of learning. I think when you when you fail to reach a goal, it's easier to look back and actually ask yourself what went wrong. Whereas when we when we achieve goals, I certainly don't always ask myself what went right, and that would be something that that might actually be really helpful because in no no let's say you're setting month goals like we do with clear the list. No two months are the same. You don't you know if I set myself the goal of speaking Welsh for 10 hours and I go to the Estethvet, it's so much easier than if I'm sitting here in Canterbury where nobody, nobody around me speaks Welsh. But those two months are not the same. And, and if I didn't take that into account, if I didn't think, oh, okay, I did really well last month. If I didn't then go, why is that? And just copied the goal across and say, okay, I want to do that again or I want to grow next month. You know, I want to do instead of 100 sentences i want to do 150 but i forget that i have something coming up that might be predictable that's really mm. tricky so in a way that the the failed goal almost feels 
more informative. But you're right that there are there are two sides. There's the confidence side, and then there's something like the data side, almost. Yeah, I think so. It's it's kind of taking the right things from that experience both mm -hmm. ways when mm -hmm. you succeed and when you fail to to make it better in the future so that you can succeed more in the future i think yeah and do you on the whole feel that you are if we're thinking in percentages and you've been tracking with clear the list for a while i've only joined just this, this year um do you feel you achieve a higher percentage of your goals than you fail or, or not fail but you know how do we call it fail to achieve then you achieve or don't achieve okay achieve or achieve or achieve <laughs> achieve achieve <laughs> do you feel that the percentage is higher of goals that you you achieve or goals that you achieve it definitely is and it's definitely easier doing clear the list like i've noticed that it helps me to have some kind of clarity with what mm -hmm. i'm aiming for rather than just thinking okay well i'm learning this language at the minute so let me just pick up the book i've got it i've got some time to learn mm -hmm. you know I've, i'm actually actively thinking okay well i'm learning this language but i'm focusing on this and this is my goal for this month and that's what i need to do to reach that goal and so this is what i'm going to do today rather than just I fancy doing this boop, 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 boop. Mm. you know since I've done clear the list that's a lot easier um and there's definitely been times when like I haven't like maybe I have like you saying about overestimating I've overestimated at the start of a month what I will be able to do in that month um but I don't beat myself up about that no. do you know what I mean yeah because I think that's equally I wouldn't say that you, you were saying like, do you learn more from sort of failure or achieving or de-achieving a goal, should we say, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's so much about that side of things. It's more about, um, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. Oh, it's a really good point. I've forgotten it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's not about achieving or, or not achieving. It's almost about observing yourself, perhaps. Y yeah, that works. Let's go with that. <laughs> and... And this, it's, you, you make a really interesting point. It sort of leads us, leads us into this, um, the, the points that we, we noted down before, which is techniques or strategies for avoiding disappointment and avoiding that, that confidence drop or dealing with that feeling of having achieved a goal. Well, you can now that you've listened to the podcast, you can forever amuse yourself that you've got a special word for this and, <laughs> and picking yourself up again. And um, yeah, we've we've written three each, so maybe we could we could do the usual thing of uh, taking turns and just working through this this wonderful list of different techniques and different different ideas that you can deal with not having achieved a goal. So I, I agree with you. The the one thing that you don't want to do is to just throw your hands up in the air and sort of give up. But we'll you know we'll get into what you can do instead. So do you, do you want do you want me to kick off or kick off? Okay, kick off. <laughs> Number one, improve your tracking method, and this is this is to do with this idea of over and underestimating time and over and underestimating how long it takes you to do something. I am a notoriously late person, and I often find that it's. It, I, 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 I will come late to things or just in time, just in time, because I aim to be just in time, but I forget that 
the road to get there might not always be in ideal conditions. So if there's one traffic light that goes wrong, I'm going to run late because I didn't allow for that. And that translates into, oh, now that I'm getting better. Like you say, clear the list is wonderful. Any kind of way that you just set those goals, look at them, review them. It's, it's you know, like, like I always say, um, goals, you know, set the goal, track it, and then review. So the tracking method is really relevant there because like for ex to take the example of being late for somewhere the more i learn about the conditions on that road the better i will be about estimating how long the road will take and with and given time i'm going to stop assuming the conditions are always going to be ideal because i'll have a better average in my head of the the the, the average conditions so it takes into account when the conditions are not ideal mm. That's a good tip. Mm. So it's not really. I mean, what is a good what is a good tracking method? Do you track? How do you track? I I use Clear the List as a sort of monthly public thing, so that helps with accountability as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I use I use like a combination between I have a free planner that I share on the Clear the List posts, like mm -hmm. my monthly language planner, and then I have a paid for planner, the Solo Language Learner planner, and I use a combination of like pages from both of them depending on where I'm at and what I need at that particular time um so kind of weekly and monthly I'm going through and then at the end of each week there's the review and you sort of right okay yeah that happened that happened so it's regularly checking in and figuring out the time and that's that's what I was talking about at the beginning of you know the more you do that the more you'll realize actually I've been putting down that it's going to take me like uh two minutes to listen to a song when in reality the songs are normally three to four minutes and it takes about a minute or two mm. minutes to find a song do you know what i mean that kind of thing so just those little bits of time then add up and make that task a bigger task in terms of time so it's stuff like that that from doing that with a sort of combination of the different planning pages that i've got mm. um that helps me to to keep track yeah yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense, and it is. It, I think it's a very sensible way of doing it. I've I use, I I also have um, pre sort of designed tracking pages that people can use in the in the toolkit. I don't tend to use the study tracker, which is a little bit more detailed, um, and I tend to just use the the little one, which is, you know, it's what I what I often in clear the list. I call it the contact goal. Which is just the, did I have contact with this language today? Did I have contact with this language today? Mm. And whether it's big or not, I almost don't even make a big, like I kind of fill in the box a little bit more. You know, I, I put, I put, yeah. I, I fill in the box, shade in the box completely instead of shading in half the box. But, but that is, that is really all I do. I don't really track what I did so much. And that's partly to do with um, just, if, if I do that, I will start I don't know. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I think I have because I set my goals in in such in such granularity because I go through listening, reading, speaking and writing. I find it easier to then just kind of pick up whatever I fancy um and still and still always be doing something that's on my goal list because my goal list is quite detailed. I think that probably feeds into that. But the, yeah, so there's there's various planners and I would say, you know, whether you use a, a pre-printed, you know, that somebody else provides you or whether you use your bullet journal, that's that's how I started with the um with the toolkit actually or whether you use you know even on your phone um, there's a really cool app called streaks that i really like but any kind of app where you check in with this kind of thing it's really helpful to have a tracking method it doesn't have to be this huge detailed thing you don't have to use 
you know, specific time tracking or anything like that. But it helps because it helps you look back. And the other thing is that you get a confidence boost from knowing that you did do something. Because it's easy when you've, you know, if you just have a goal that is very binary, oh, I achieved or <laughs> de-achieved it. Um, it's very easy to then just feel like a loser if you don't hit the goal. But tracking means you get to look back on what you did and to remember that you did do some work. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. That's number one, improve your tracking method. Number two? Number two, you go for it. Okay. There's nothing wrong with setting a goal again. Mm-hmm. Now, perhaps that goal becomes slightly adjusted mm. in some way. Maybe it's that you said, okay, so this week I'm going to learn 50 words. And in reality, you found that that was a bit difficult. So you're going to set the same goal, but just adjust the number because, you know, you want to make sure that you can achieve it before you increase it again. So maybe you say, okay, I'm going to learn 50 words this week. It doesn't quite happen. You get to like 30 and that's when you're, you know, you're putting in a, a decent amount of effort. It's as much time as you could give sort of sustainably, you know, in the long term on mm -hmm, a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So you say to yourself, okay, so maybe my goal should be to learn 30 again next week to make sure I can maintain this. And then after that, you can begin to think about resetting it and increasing it as you go up. So there's nothing wrong with setting a goal again, you know, because sometimes as well, like, like you were saying about speaking X number hours of Welsh, right? And sometimes that'll be easier. Sometimes it'll be harder, but you could set the same goal and say to yourself, right, this month, I'm not going to the Stafford. So how can I get that many hours of, of speaking Welsh? Well, I need to like be like on it. I'm going to book these lessons. I'm going to get this language exchange, you know, whatever mm -hmm, it is, mm -hmm. you could like set the same goal with an adjusted path to get there. Does that make sense? Makes, yeah, makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's nothing wrong with setting the same goal again and sort of adjusting it if you need to, to, to make sure that you get there. Don't think that because you set yourself a goal and didn't achieve it once, poof, that's it. It's gone forever. No, mm. not necessarily. You're in charge. I have a goal that's very creeping and it's sort of it, like, I mean, it's, it just seems to, it can, turns up on every speak, on every clear the list. And it's always like, oh no, I didn't get this done. And, and I want to keep it, but it's, it, it reminds me of this, which is, um, when you've got a bigger, like a bigger piece of work to get through, which is yeah. for me, I'm reading a book in Welsh and I'm not going to give up on this book, but I do keep neglecting it. So I, I definitely want to keep it on there. And if my goal at some point was finish that book and I didn't finish the book, well, there's only really one thing I can do. It's either to say, okay, I want to like, well, there's three things I can do. I can throw the book in the corner and say, ah, clearly I'm stupid or the book sucks. I can just set the book, set the goal again and say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to same goal, going to try harder this time. Mm. Or I can say, well, actually, let me just get to three quarters in. Let me get to page so-and-so. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. Mm. And that's, that third option, I think is the best option, especially if it's been a couple of times where it's almost like, okay, you know, I really want to finish the book. Oh, it's not happened. It's not happened again this month and this month. Okay. Maybe I need to change the goal. Maybe the issue isn't me and my time. You know, I'm reading the book. Mm. I'm just not reading enough to finish it in a month. So what can I do? Just change the little wording of it slightly. So, you know, I'm not going to finish the book. I'm going to finish three chapters of the book. Yeah. It'll run out of pages eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be finished. Something that this reminded me of, what I just wanted to mention, is this um, really nice uh, mindset from... 
uh, the book Refuse to Choose, which is which is about it's sort of this about this uh, this modern idea of being a or maybe not modern maybe actually ancient but this idea of being a multi-potentialite person having lots of talent having lots of or lots of different interests and talents that you can actually weave into your life and your career you don't have to be just like i am a physicist end off there's nothing else that you are and something that she talks about in terms of you know when you're a person who has many interests and or you know with languages this this applies as well i think um, has lots of languages, maybe projects in a year, but tends to go deep on one language or, or focus on one language and then sort of get, feel like you're getting bored and then you want to move on to the next one. And she has this great way of reframing it, which is not to think, oh, I get bored so easily. And, you know, like there's, there's many ways of blaming yourself for this. But she, she asks the question, well, what did you, what did you come for? What did you set that goal for? And did you get what you came for? So mm. I thought about this when I, I remember thinking about this when I switched from Russian to Welsh as my main language I'm learning because I am so, such a language monogamist. Like I, I didn't enjoy um, abandoning Russian. I didn't really didn't like it. I wanted to stick with it, get better. But I, I thought, okay, well, what did, what did I get out of it? So even if you, don't hit the top of your your goal yet and you want to you know set it again you can also think well what what have i gotten out of it already you know like what am i what have, how far am i in and then you can decide okay is this all i wanted to come for or is there more to to get out of mm. it that's interesting because i yeah i'd add to that equally that you know saying there's nothing wrong with setting a goal again there's also nothing wrong with scrapping a goal if mm -hmm. you do feel that mm -hmm. way and you're thinking, you know what, I don't know if I want to keep going with this language or this goal or this book or this vocab course or whatever, you know, and you want to try something else. If you really feel that and that's a good question to ask yourself to establish if you're, you're sort of yeah. at a good point to, to make a switch from something, you know, did you get what you came for? Are you happy to, to leave that there? Because the thing is as well, you can always return to stuff. Yeah, especially language. You know, most languages aren't going anywhere. No, um, they might get easier, like French, next time you're back. <laughs> there you go. You know, but it's. I don't know. I've watched the Adventure Time finale tonight. I'm emotional. Everything stays. Can I read you some lyrics of the of the Adventure Time song? I think it's kind of applicable. I'm going to just Google it quickly. Ooh, I okay. think you can cut me cut out me googling. Um, Other right. search engines are available. <laughs> so there's a song not in the final episode but it's one of the more famous songs from Avenger Time which is just oh, amazing and it's finished and it's sad um, but this is the bit that I'm thinking of everything stays right where you left it everything stays but it still changes ever so slightly daily and nightly in little ways when everything stays ah oh, that's it isn't right that, that, that is lovely? it you can come back you can always yeah. come back it's and that's oh that's really wonderful because that that also tells you, us in our context um you know you you if you achieve the goal i really like that word if you if you don't achieve the goal don't matter because it's not going anywhere and this is a big thing that people that, that that people struggle with often is that you you think well now i've missed my chance but everything mm. stays yeah oh. you've not missed your chance you can yeah. go back to it no problem Wonderful. So nothing wrong with setting a goal again. Perhaps you can adjust it slightly. 
Point three, I promise will be a bit quicker one, uh, is, is, to, is a reminder again to practice what's usually known as the growth mindset. And growth mindset is in essence, um, or at first it kind of came out of schooling and, and teaching, as this idea that intelligence can be developed. Um, and that's relevant because many people, I think, maybe not necessarily anymore, but there is a there is an, an established wisdom that intelligence is fixed. So you've got a set IQ and that determines how smart you are, but that's not actually true. The intelligence can be developed or this, this is a belief. So you can always, always learn and improve. And this is really relevant if you fail your goal and you start wondering, have I really got what it takes to learn a foreign language? And if that happens, oh, you've, you've, No, you know, you must, you must remember everybody does uh, talent and yeah, intelligence can be developed. Lindsay, you're a teacher, you're a teacher household. Is this, have I done it, have I described this correctly? Yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's changing mm -hmm. the way that you think and talk about stuff, isn't it? You know, so not saying like, someone says to you, oh, you're learning Russian, do you speak Russian? You go. Rather than going, oh, no, 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 you sort of go, oh, not yet, but I'm learning, I'm getting there, I'm getting better each day. It's just changing, you know, that even the word yet is really powerful. I think we've spoken about this before on the podcast. Mm. That's, a, that's a big part of this, isn't it? Just to say, oh, I'm not, I'm not that good at it yet. Yes. I mean, I would say that's still quite negative, but it was the first example I could think of. Um, but yes, it's just changing things slightly. So rather than saying, I'm no good at that, I'm no good at grammar. You that you instead of that you say something like I can get better. I I can improve on, and that's that's cool. That gives me something to work towards. Yes, a hundred percent true. And and you know, exactly this idea, sort of that's cool. It's not it's not you're no good at it. It's you've got a challenge, and that oh oh Kirsten yes. oh no. <laughs> there there's another adventure, More adventure time, time quote. I'm I'm not even kidding. <laughs> This is right. Jake the dog. He says. Sucking at something is the first step to being sort of good at something. Yeah, I believe that so, so much. So, so much. Ah, yes. uh, and there's also this Ira Glass quote that I just absolutely adore. I need to, okay, I'm, I'll make a note. It's, it's going in the show notes, Adventure Time, Ira Glass. It's all <laughs> Adventure Time. Pop culture galore. We have, we have big show notes for this one. I'll, I'll tell you more about this in a second, listeners. That This is one where you really should go online and look at our website. Um. Ira Glass, the host of This American Life, is, you know, this very, very long-running, pioneering podcast and NPR uh, radio reporter. He has this quote where he, where he talks about taste, having good taste. And I, I often think of having good taste as almost like having high goals, having high ambitions. Good taste is, you've got good taste, so you can see something. Imagine you're an artist. You can see something when it's good, and you know that's what you want to aim for, and you start to make it. And you realize it sucks. And the reason you know it sucks is because you have this good taste. Mm. And you have to work through. So he calls it the gap. You've got to work through this gap between what your, what your ambition, what your vision is and, and where you are right now. And this gap is, you know, artists have it, I think, as, as sort of small-scale entrepreneurs. We know that, that there's a gap, right? And in language learning, there's a gap. Everybody has it. Everybody has this. Mm. And it is one of the most... It's funny, this, this is almost the companion episode to 102, the frustration episode. So have a listen to that perhaps as well. And um, it's, it's such a natural thing. So you've got this, you know, because you have good taste, 
you can tell that what you're making wouldn't please a person with good taste but it takes one it, you know like it takes your vision it takes to, one to be, no one yeah. kind of thing yeah that makes sense that it, makes sense it's catch 22 yeah oh so that's it's difficult so remember 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 the growth mindset the reason even the reason you're not achieving a goal is because you were you were like there enough to set yourself a goal in the first place which is in itself a sign that you have good language learning taste for lack of a better comparison nice nice number four indeed be realistic mm-hmm. but also be ambitious mm-hmm. and i think this is easier said than done because there's a real fine line between saying okay well i know that i can learn one new word a day and also setting yourself a, a little bit of a lofty goal that still feels comfortable that's going to push you a little bit you know mm-hmm. so like oh let's see if i can learn five words for in a day right if mm. you are too realistic and not ambitious enough then yeah you might reach your goals but it's going to take you a heck of a lot longer right if you're too ambitious you run the risk of becoming completely burned out and like sad that you haven't achieved your goal because Mm -hmm. your goals were too ambitious and you were never going to get them because there's only 24 hours in the day so you want that sort of sweet spot in the middle where yes i know that i can achieve this but also it's going to take a little bit of work for me and a bit of effort on my part to actually get there that's the ambition side of it you know so it's it's a fine line a little mix of of both and you'll you'll get there it's like a little recipe mixing Mm -hmm. the spices gotta get it right yeah and you also if you if you are too ambitious you you either risk burning yourself out or you risk going the other way which is usually i think where i end up going which is completely detaching yourself from what you wanted in the first place mm, so that like you just, just go well, oh, well that goal you was an idiot that goal clearly doesn't work um yeah this, this is now no longer feasible and reasonable um and it's funny i'm reminded of i'm reminded again gretchen rubin shout out um of the you know the, the tendencies framework and when, right. when we did it that you you're in you came out as an upholder sort of somebody who really really will when there is a goal and when it's once it's set you're like okay must you know i will work towards this um whereas i'm much more like well if, as soon as that goal stops making sense i'm going to stop doing stuff for it mm. And that's um, that can be very dangerous because if you don't, then um, if you don't plan wisely, you you basically just decide it's all rubbish and and you're you're rubbish before having set a rubbish goal. And this whole thing is just let's throw it out the window. So it is really important when you are goal setting. It's not even about you know what do you do when you've not achieved. It's to and and then you've got your past goals as as great information of like this well we know now what doesn't work and you can go forwards and say okay well what's you know like what's realistic but i like this tone about being a bit ambitious a little bit you know setting yourself that little bit of a challenge because it's so sweet right when you actually achieve it yeah yeah just enough to push you just to get you there that's right not go don't go crazy don't go crazy but you know, do push a little bit. Or I like the idea of a stretch goal or the, you know, the good, better, best. Mm, you say, okay. If yeah, I, yeah. And it's funny how you, you keep saying like words in a day because it's because you're a memorizer and I'm not much of a 
So if I'm thinking... It's just easy to put a number on it as an example goal as well. Yeah. You say, okay, I will translate one song this month or I will translate... That's good. But if I manage three, that's better. Or if I manage five, that would be amazing. So that you've actually set yourself um, variations of a goal. Exactly. Mm. Okay, point number five and and i've already mentioned this so i'm not going to get into this go into this too too much it's just and because i love love a good review and this is just the power of a power of a good review is is strong you know the force will be with you if you sit down and examine what went wrong so instead of shrugging you want to be you want to be in line with the reasons we've already talked about this Lindsay. is there anything you want to add to that one i i don't think so i think that's good excellent nice and simple yeah numero seis okay um i've 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 got two more Wait, what should i oh it's it's because of my formatting because i can't do the last as a the last is almost a conclusion okay cool or that's a, fine sorry a wise line but i couldn't find anybody to attribute it to so maybe i keep saying it I don't know. Right, I'll go with this other one. Yeah. <laughs> and restart. <laughs> um, so use your goal setting as a chance to beep, push the reset button. Mm -hmm. Now, I guess kind of this fits in with what we've said so far. And if you failed at a goal in particular, you know, you haven't got to where you want to be, don't stop setting them. Use it as a chance to reset them instead. Mm. I was reading through our various, so in, in the show notes today, you will find a lot of Kirsten and Lindsay blog articles on the subject of productivity, achieving goals, motivation. There's, there's, there's lots of them because we've been talking and writing about this for a long, long time. And this is obviously more than just a language learning topic. Productivity is a topic that affects us all in all areas of our life. So I took the liberty to have a scour around Lindsay's blog and a scour around fluentlanguage.co.uk, my, so my blog. Uh, so you've got a bit of a productivity reading list if you want and that is going to be at fluent.show slash 102 fluent.show slash 102 where you will find the expanded show notes and also a list of all the links and also our sponsor close master so as i was working through that lindsay i found an old article that you wrote about learning at christmas time and mm. you talked about the the idea of the where well, you called it the enforced break but the idea and the power of taking a break and sort of pushing that reset button even with a few weeks away Kirsten I know all about breaks now from uh -huh. when I was learning had a big long break <laughs> um so yeah like when I was away for a year I didn't really learn much language because life was different life wasn't as it was or as it is now you know um and I kind of I think at the beginning it was hard because I kept trying to be like I was at home. Does that make sense? Like just keep going and doing the same mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. But it just was never going to happen in the same way. So I then accepted it and then thought, you know what? This is good. This is a chance to do exactly that, to sort of push the reset button and think, right, what do I want to do when I get back? How do I want to learn languages? What do I want to change? What worked? What didn't work? 
and completely reassess. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend taking a year, it's quite a long time. <laughs> Just a week, a month, whatever is 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 enough. Um but yeah, like that's what has sort of inspired me having that long break sort of inspired me to then think, you know what, I do want to look back at what I've already studied. And even if all I can give is 20 minutes once a fortnight to to 10, one of 10 languages that I've previously studied, then that's fine. I'm happy with that. And that has kind of come as a result of that break. So yeah, use it as a chance to just push reset, reevaluate, Think about your reasons, think about your motivation and sort of, you sort of see it from the outside as well, which is really helpful mm-hmm. when you're not in it and you're not constantly learning and going and getting, going towards the goal. You're sort of like a little, you know, like in a cartoon where a little spirit rises out of the <laughs> floor. It's kind of, ooh, you're sort of looking at it from above. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's, it's good. It gives you a chance as well to have a little play and dabble around with other languages if you want to do that too. That's true. That's true. I like the I like the reminder, the note about an outside perspective, because very, very often when you tell somebody you're learning a language, you, you do get a glimpse of how they see it, which is usually as as a huge achievement to even have, you know, to even have gotten what we feel is not very far. It's, it's a lot further than most people go. And it gives you that reminder that and this, this boost of motivation to know what you have already achieved, where you've already gotten to. So I really, I really like the idea of, of taking or, you know, or just the idea of embracing the break when it comes, embracing, you know, when some people, some people refer to burnout as well. If you're just feeling like you're forcing yourself and you're actually not enjoying it anymore and you're not achieving your goals because this whole project sucks don't think of yourself as somebody who can't do it instead take a little bit of time away and it's not gonna all fall out of your head even even as Lindsay shows even if you're away for a whole year because you come to it as this fresh study flower (laughs) everything stays that's right. Everything stays. That quote is, is I'm going to just put it in the show notes too. So it's going to be a lot of reading for you. And <laughs> finally, uh, this isn't really an action point, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring this thought in again, which is something that has served me very, very well, perhaps over the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Something that I remind myself of a lot of times when I feel like I'm maybe for reason x y and z not not doing well enough not good enough and that is the thought that i cannot control my outcomes but i can control my actions and i can to a decent extent i can control my thoughts or that's what i can work on and this reminds you i think with languages uh, lindsay i'm sure you you have this as well like i in in coaching and mentoring i often find that people feel particularly frustrated and particularly disheartened when they when other people correct them when they that they don't get as fluent as they thought they would be when they're thrown into a new situation and they don't feel like they can cope uh when you know when any kind of disappointment can really knock somebody for six and then they feel like oh well this is i didn't get the outcome that i wanted out of this situation that i couldn't control in the first place um, but they forget that they can't control this situation that they're in. Like you get on a bus in France and the person switches to English and people think it's a disaster, but actually you can't control that because you can't control other people. All you have is is your actions 
And when I look at Clear the List and other people's Clear the Lists in the in the pot in the roundup, I I really enjoy that what we focus on is action. We don't necessarily talk so much about not having received not having reached the outcome because it it has this beautiful effect of shifting your focus completely away from am I there yet which I find so so dangerous mm. yeah good note to end on good no good note to end on so you you can't control your outcomes you can only control your actions and your thoughts and um, as we are ending this so so I want to encourage you again I'm going to I'm going to type some of this up and I would recommend you head to fluent.show/102 where you're going to find lots of directions and a bit of a reading list and Lindsay's adventure time quote because <laughs> you have to send that to me and I'm going to put it in there as well and yes. some links to Gretchen Rubin and Ira Glass sort of the people that we mentioned so hopefully this has been a very enjoyable show for you please write in and tweet us we have a twitter account at the fluent show or you can simply tag what you are posting with hashtag the fluent show <laughs> on instagram uh, we're, we're there a lot Lindsay both Lindsay and I And I want to know, what do you think of the proposed French grammar changes and record change? How are you going about not achieving a goal? Are there any other tips that you would like to share with, you know, from your own experience of maybe a time when you didn't hit a goal and you, you've, I don't know, pivoted or set yourself a, a different goal or you, you just looked at adjusting it or perhaps practiced the growth mindsets and really thought, oh, this works, you know, and you didn't give up. It would be really lovely to hear your stories. You already know how to get in touch with us. You can also email me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. And you can reach Lindsay on the Twitter machine, that is at LD Languages, and on the Insta machine, Instagram, at Lindsay Does Languages. Is that all correct? Yes. Indeed. <laughs> so we're looking forward to hearing from you. Don't forget to review our show as well on iTunes. It really helps other people find us, spread the word. That's enough from me to you. So I can only control what I say to you. <laughs> and with that, it is goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.